Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour two of Fantasy Sports today here on this Veterans Day holiday. We dive back into the game capsules. We'll also have a preview of the Monday night football game and the latest around the league in terms of injuries. FST's Monday show starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Oh, <laughs> Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you here on the show on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Sean Glostamachia producing the show. Follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Follow Joe on Twitter at JoePizzaPS17 as we continue to take a look back at what happened and try to give you a look forward as to what you can expect coming up in the coming week in the NFL. Of course, we have a Monday night game coming up tonight, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, One of the more surprising outcomes and surprising second-half outcomes, I would say, with the Titans-Chiefs game yesterday which looked like every time the Titans scored a three, the Chiefs came back with a seven, and I just kind of figured that that was the way this thing was going to end. In fact, uh, the Titans did not score a point in the first quarter and scored 35 points from the second quarter on, including a defensive touchdown. I I just, after the first quarter, I never would have guessed that they could stay in this game, but they did. Tannehill has given them new life on offense. 181 yards, two passing touchdowns, one rushing. Derrick Henry was the best running back of the day. He knew one of these games was coming for him. Chiefs can't stop anybody on the ground. 23 carries, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Ferkser and Humphreys were the beneficiary of the touchdowns, who probably nobody played in fantasy, but worth mentioning here on the show. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, of course, was great because he had to be for them to stay in this thing. 446 yards and three passing touchdowns. Damian Williams led the team in carries, 19 for 77. LaShawn McCoy's days as a chief look like they're over. He wasn't even active yesterday. Tyreek Hill was an absolute monster again. They targeted him, I believe, 20 times in this game. 11 catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Kelsey gave you some good points, too. Seven catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. And Joe Mahomes was fantastic yesterday, giving you everything you possibly could ask for in fantasy. My guess is he'll be the number one fantasy quarterback the rest of the season again, so it's great to see him back. But I give the uh, Titans a lot of credit in this one. The same credit that I do with everybody that plays against the Chiefs. I think it's pretty much a all-hands-on-deck situation when playing against that Kansas City defense. I just can't get over how... And look, Seattle's defense has been bad too. But when I watch Kansas City's defense, they look like they can't stop anything. And I'm looking at their schedule to see if I can pick up any players to start against them this coming... this. next few weeks because if these guys Ferksers and, and Humphreys are going to be scoring touchdowns who else can do it I, I want in well Humphreys had the one catch for the touchdown so let's not get too excited about him either and I was excited about him I was a guy like in best ball I took a lot of Humphreys because he had such a good second half last year but the hilarious thing about Humphreys is he had a chance to go to New England he said no nah, I don't want to go there this is literally he said he decided not to go there because he wasn't sure how long Brady was going to play which makes me laugh on numerous levels. And then, so you're going to choose the Titans instead where you don't know who the hell the quarterback's going to be. Good luck with that kid. That's why you only had one catch, but it was for a touchdown on this one. Derrick Henry's a story in this game. 22 for 188. 
He had a 68-yard run there, two touchdowns for Derrick Henry. My hot, bold prediction was Derrick Henry was going to lead the league in rushing. I don't know if it's going to come true, but certainly they found the format last year. There were some fantasy owners who refused to buy into it this year, said, no, 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 uh, I don't believe that. No, you had a couple big games. That's it. You take those games away. No, 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 no. They figured it out. Give the ball to Derrick Henry. Get out of the way. And so far, it's worked for them. It's worked to them to the sense of, hey, they're a 500 team. They're competitive. They have a shot at nine and seven again, just like they were last year. And for the Chiefs, everything you said is right there. I mean, Mahomes could not have done anything more. You got to hang it. You got to hang it on the defense. I know Williams fumble was a bad spot there. I get it. But again, he's kind of taken over the mantle, 19 for 77 for him. And he also had a couple catches for 30 yards as well. Five catches there for him. Looking at the rest of the schedule for the Chiefs, who are six and four. Ready? Let's go through it. At the Chargers, is that a W for them? I don't know. It's a W for Melvin Gordon. Okay. It's a W for Melvin Gordon. So they have two games left against the Chargers, week 11, week 17. Would you say they split that? Probably. Okay. So that's going to be seven wins for them. Then they go, they play the Raiders. They're at home against the Raiders, who have been a very competitive team. Do you think that's a W for the Chiefs? Probably, right? Not a guarantee. But not a guarantee, but probably. So let's give them that no, one. So not that at all. Will- not probably at all. I, I agree. I, you, you know, I'm I'm driving that bus. I'm driving the Oakland Raider bus. I'm with you. Then they've got the Patriots in New England. Probably, probably an L with the way that defense mm-hmm. is playing. Yeah. Uh, then they are at home against the Broncos. That's probably a win for the Chiefs. I would That's think. That's a win. Yeah, finally there. Yeah. Then they go at Chicago. 50-50. So basically right now, I mean, this is another team. They should get to 10 wins and they get to 10 wins. Mahomes can do anything in the playoffs. But man, that defense is bad, Craig. They are they are a real problem, and they, I don't see them getting better anytime soon. I would take the Raiders right now to win the AFC Championship. Uh, they're still very long odds, and and then you get to the uh, AFC Championship, and Oakland goes to New England, and then you know New England's a thirteen point favorite, and then you just double up at the money line. You bet the uh, Patriots money line, and then you win. You know you win some money off, off the Raiders being whatever they are, fifteen to one, twenty to one to win the AFC. That's that's what, I think the Raiders have as good as a shot to go to New England and play for that AFC championship as any other team in the AFC. I don't think that's uh, a hot take. Hey, what, what did we do? Was it last week or two weeks ago? Who's the best on who's the best under 500 team? We both turned our keys on the Raiders so far. That's looked pretty good the last two weeks, hasn't it? Yeah. Easy schedule too coming up. All right. Uh, Dolphins and Colts. Colts thought they had an easy schedule for sure. <laughs> oh, they got the Dolphins at home. That didn't work out. Boy, I mean, how can the Dolphins win and get nothing from fantasy? That's incredible. 169 yards from Fitzpatrick and a rushing touchdown. Kalen Balaj. I mean, they could give him 30 carries. He'd only get 40 yards. He got 43 yesterday. Devontae Parker's actually been okay as a fill-in flex wide receiver. Three, five catches for 69 yards. Hoyer uh, gave the game away. I mean, they were just, I mean, he just gave the game away. One touchdown, three interceptions. Marlon Mack, 74 rushing yards. Doyle, 44 in a touchdown. Ebron, 56, five catches. I don't know. Um, the Dolphins, basically, if they lose every game the rest of the season, I still think they're fine because they would be in the top three or top four, and they have more picks than anybody in the next two years of the NFL draft. People seem to forget that. They simply can just trade a couple, and that would suck, but they could trade a couple to get the quarterback that they want. No team in the NFL is going to turn down the number of picks that the Dolphins have if, indeed, they covet Burrow or Tua. Uh, I think they, they have to lose, though, the rest of the games. Like They can't start. They can't get to four or five wins. That would be an unmitigated disaster and would put them in the position they've been in the last decade. But that being yeah. said for the Colts... I don't know uh, if the Colts have any chance whatsoever to jump back into this thing unless they get uh, Jacoby Brissett back and T.Y. Hilton back, Joe. I don't even think getting Brissett is enough. I think they got to get T.Y. back, too, uh, or, or this season is going to go right back down the crapper again. Like, that Vegas total was looking so good at seven and a half wins. Now, I don't know. Like, the, I, I don't know what's up with Brissett. They said he could miss next week, too. 
I think that's going to have to change. They got to try to figure out how to get him back on the field somehow. I think if Brissett's on the field, this is an easy W for them, and that's it. And there was a moment in this game too. One of these picks that Hoyer threw was kind of on Eric Ebron, uh, that one in the end zone where Ebron basically caught the ball and the guy just ripped it out. So moments like that, you can't have those things. You can't. It's it's like this. It's almost the equivalent of a pick six, right? Where you go over there and the guy you're about to score, and then they take that. They literally rip the score out of your hands. If that. If Eric Ebron fights for that ball a little harder and catches that ball and is a little more, you know, uh, active <laughs> getting that ball, this is a different story because all of a sudden that's, you know, 18-16 or 19-16 in this game. So the kicking's an issue. The quarterback's an issue. The lack of T.Y. Hilton out there is an issue. It's all catching up to them, unfortunately. And it sucks because the Colts were playing really good football. But like I keep saying about certain teams, like you can only lose so many players like the Lions and then that's it. You lose your quarterback, forget it. It's just that's it. And you lose your quarterback in the league. This is what happens. And Hoyer was not good. There's no way around it, but that's the one play you can target and go, that's the moment. That's where it is. And then, you know what's even shocking to me, too, is Devontae Parker continues to be useful. He still continues to be a double-digit guy in PPR every week, which is staggering considering I know I left him for dead this year. Yeah, yeah, me too. And and so did the Dolphins. They only signed him to a one-year deal. He's going to get a nice contract, I think, in the offseason, a multi-year deal for some team. They will take And then it'll ruin it, too. The first time. Probably so. I mean, Devin Funches is a great example of that. All right, uh, we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports Day. We come back. Arguably one of the best games, if not the best game of the day, was the Vikings and Cowboys last night. What a great game that was. Also, Packers and Panthers went right down to the wire in the snow. We'll be right back on Fantasy Sports today after this. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports today. And I like football. And I'm gonna keep doing them both because they make me feel good. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you here on the show. And of course, we got you until two o'clock Eastern, then we turn it over to Dr. Roto and full-time fantasy. So stay tuned. Uh, Dr. Roto is coming up in just a little bit. Let's touch on the game last night that I think really probably could have been the best game of the day. And the reason why I say it could have been, Joe, because this game set up perfectly. And and look, I'll be honest, okay? I had Dallas minus three in that game. So I give you full transparency. I thought Dallas win. Uh, I wanted them to score at the end. But I will also say this, just from a watching football point of view, with a game played like that toward the end of the game where Dak Prescott looks like he's worth not uh, 50 million, but 200 million, as well as he played in that game. And then they're on the they're near the goal line and he's throwing the ball the way down the field. Elliott's done nothing. And then the play calling at the end of that game, like I was just waiting for Prescott to throw the touchdown in the end zone. 31, 28 Dallas minus three. Get my push. Get my money back, go uh, go home. But a really disappointing end to that game because of the way that Prescott played, man. He was awesome. And and Amari Cooper, to me, like, 
boy, I mean, that that player could be the most wrong of any player that I was this season. He was so good last night, catching these balls with his toes right before. The and not 100 percent, too. Not healthy and playing oh, as well as he played. So Incredible. So good. Uh, 11 catches, 147 yards for him and a touchdown. Cobb was great. Six for 106 and a touchdown. Gallup even got a touchdown. Prescott, three passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Zeke just didn't look right. The offensive line also did block for him. Uh, Dalvin Cook was the reason why the Vikings won 97 yards and a touchdown. Also seven catches for 86 yards. Diggs, very disappointing. Three for 49 without having uh, Thielen in the game. And Cousins threw for 220 and all that was really in the first half. But that's kind of the way that I saw it, Joe. I, I think as a Cowboys fan, I would be really disappointed because for some reason, every game they come out, they're down like 10 nothing. They have to come all the way back. And then when they do, it's just this bizarre exchange at the end of the game. Like, how do you explain that? They throw the ball all the way down. They get to the five. Elliot runs into the line. Nothing. Elliot runs into the line. Loses. Elliot third down pass. Doesn't you know, the guy breaks it up? I don't get it, man. We at the stopped, end of the game. Well, they stopped Elliot. I mean, that's that's the story of this game is is about the running backs, the Vikings' ability to stop Elliot when they needed to, and the inability <laughs> of anybody to stop Dalvin Cook, who just absolutely just went ballistic there. Twenty six for ninety seven in the touchdown, seven catches for eighty six. I mean, Dalvin Cook is just he's a stud, man. And I it's it is difficult, I'm sure, because the Cowboys have a lot of stars. I, I just I struggle with my my sensibility about the Cowboys. You see them one week look really good, then you see them lose to the Jets. Then you see them, you know, look good another week, and then they lose to the Vikings, and they should beat the Vikings at home. Like that's that's a that's a game where it's a tough game, no doubt. But no Adam Thielen on the other side. Basically, all you do is stop Dalvin Cook, and they just could not do it. Are are the I guess this is also kind of going looking forward a little bit to next year. Why I think the Giants can really, if they do the right thing in addressing the holes in that defense, that the Giants could really make a run in this division and be competitive because I don't think much of the Eagles. I don't know about you. I think they've got a whole bunch of identity crisis going on in that team. And then the Cowboys seem like a team that's got all the talent, all the show, but none of the go when it matters most. And Jason Garrett just continues to be the guy there. And do you, what do you think the, the, the cure for the Dallas Cowboys is if there's one. I don't know. It's hard for me to say because uh, it's not personnel, you know, right? Jason you look Garrett at the has the scholarship. Team, it's not there. personnel. Uh, yeah, Kellen Moore it seems like he's done a pretty good job calling plays. I, I completely disagree on Philadelphia. I think they're going to win the division this year. I think they're going to roll off some wins. But you don't win. think they're a good um, football team, do you? I don't. No, I mean, but they they weren't a good football team last year, and somehow they snuck in and won, right? So I I, I just think that. I think that Philly's schedule is relatively easy the rest of the way, and I think they win the NFC East. And, and you know, they get into a position in the playoffs, and Philly seems to play well in the playoffs. So I, I wouldn't rule them out at all. Uh, by the way, for next year, if, if it was a redraft for 2020 and it started right now, number one pick overall, Christian McCaffrey. Number two uh, overall pick, Dalvin Cook. Number three overall pick, Michael Thomas. Is that how it's? I'm fine with that. Right Works for me right now. I don't think that's yeah. hot take at all. I think that's just called good value. Yeah. The question Lamar is Lamar Jackson would be four or five? Lamar Jackson? Uh, well, in a super flex, yeah. In a super flex, I think Lamar Jackson. Who cares about super flex? He's going to rush for 1,500 yards. <laughs> it's hard to argue. I mean, I, I can't say no. Yeah, I'm. You're you're barking up the wrong tree here with Lamar Jackson. I'm I'm the guy. Got to be Lamar I, Jackson. The guy for two years on yeah. him. I, I hear. Here's another question too. If it's not Lamar Jackson, who is it for you at the four? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's four is really kind of after up that. Yet. It is. It is. Do you go safe yeah. with Ezekiel Elliott and go, well, you know, Elliott will just get his. Might not always be great. Saquon, be. what the health? Okay. Yeah. Camara is not in that yeah. conversation anymore. No, no. Mm -mm. 
No. Well, let's let's talk about a guy who could be in that conversation. Aaron Jones, three more touchdowns yesterday, 93 rushing yards. The Packers beat the Panthers 24 to 16. Aaron Rodgers threw for 233 yards and no touchdowns. Jamal Williams, 63 rush yards. Adam, seven for 118. So he's back to being the target monster there. Jimmy Graham had 59 yards receiving. Kyle Allen played pretty well. 301, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, McCaffrey is bulletproof. 108, touchdown, six catches, 33 yards. DJ Moore has really come on. Nine catches, 121 yards for him, 120 yards for him. And DJ Samuel, four for 35. And if you didn't watch the end of the game yesterday, uh, Carolina did have a lot of chances to score at the end of that game. But I saw a lot of people saying like it was a bad beat and being disappointed that you didn't win. If you, I mean, that happens in the NFL. I don't think it was a bad beat. I thought Green Bay just played good defense at the end of that. Certainly, it would have been nice to see if uh, it may be an overtime game just to have more excitement on your Sunday. But I didn't really feel like Carolina deserved to win that game or deserved to cover that game. They were very fortunate. In fact, there was an offsides penalty, if I'm not mistaken, that moved them up also, too. But uh, look, Green Bay, it's, I, I, I cannot go on or against Green Bay. I'll be off on them all season long, but they look good enough to win. And that's what they did. Yeah, well, that's been the story of their season, right? Good enough to win. And they do enough to win. By the way, in the last two years, uh, only two people have more touchdowns than Aaron Jones. Can you name them? I'm sure one you can name pretty easily. Gurley? Gurley's one of them. Who's the other one? Pretty easy. If you got Gurley, the other one's Rushing really easy. Touchdowns? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know. CMC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. So those are the two guys that have more touchdowns than Aaron Jones. So just for perspective of how good Aaron Jones has been and a little perspective of DJ Moore too. last couple of games for DJ Moore here. Six for eight for 91, seven for 10 for 73. Then there's a dud, five for nine to 38. That was against the 49ers. After that, against Tennessee, seven for 10, 101, nine for 11, 120. So it's safe to say DJ Moore is about as good as it gets here uh, in terms of consistency. You throw that San Francisco 49er game out there because that D's been so good. But other than that, man, DJ Moore is finally, I understand you don't get the touchdown so far. I get that. But I'm telling you right now, DJ Moore is probably one of the more underrated fantasy assets at wide receiver that's out there. Yeah, he's he's been climbing. There's there's no doubt. He's been more of a weapon with Kyle Allen. Uh, and, and now that Cam Newton's placed on the IR, there's no doubt that he's going to still continue to get targets. Even Greg Olson got some late targets in this game as well. So from a Carolina perspective, you still feel pretty good. They went to Green Bay and played relatively well. And again, came up short there at the end. Christian McCaffrey was given the ball at the goal line. He did not end up scoring. Uh, real quick, Joe, before we go to the break, there's some more reports this morning. Uh, earlier this morning on Rob Gronkowski and the possibility of him coming back. Uh, I'm not recommending picking him up in any fantasy league. I suppose if you have a very deep bench, you would. But based on what you've seen in the last 24 hours, is that a recommendation at all for you this week? Because I don't want to get stuck here if we don't at least mention it here on the show today. Uh, you know, it's tough because, you know, uh, I feel like they need him. So I think the need is there. The biggest problem is their red zone issues are, are starting to show up and they showed up a lot in that Baltimore contest. So, if you have the room to add him and it's not a problem because now we're past that giant bye week, week 10, week 10 was the bye week. If you look at your roster now and you're like, you know what? I'm never going to play this guy. Or I had to pick up Kalen Balazs this week because I was desperate for running back. If you got a roster spot, eh, throw it and see what happens. Cause you only have like what another two weeks before he can declare that he can play. Right. Is that what yeah, it is? He's like, got to, he's got to make the decision very soon. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think in fantasy, you got to make that call probably now. If if you do have the interest and also there's a report and look, these reports have been going crazy with the two most popular guys not playing uh, Gronkowski, who seems to be less than 50 50 to play. 
And Antonio Brown, if, if you listen to Drew Rosenhaus, he's going to sign in the next week. And if you listen to everybody else, he's not playing the rest of the year. So you guys have to make a decision on your own for that. Nobody has any. I don't. I see him at school. That's all I know. I don't have any inside information beyond that. If I see him, I'll ask him. All right. Uh, okay. Quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. We'll come back next. Uh, the game that was arguably the fantasy dud of the game, maybe. Uh, Steelers-Rams. We'll hit on that. We'll also talk about who was injured, who could be out this week, and how could infect fantasy football on the way. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example... If you're playing tonight's NFL game and you bet the 49ers minus six and a half, if they beat the Seahawks by nine points, you'll receive nine times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, Joe, the uh, Steelers-Rams game, total in this game was 44. And it went way under that one, and it wasn't even close. Steelers 17, Rams 12, Mason Rudolph 242 and a touchdown. Jalen Samuels 14 carries, 29 yards, and he was a leading rusher for Pittsburgh. Uh, James Washington showed up in this game. Six catches, 90 yards and a touchdown. Not much from Juju. Deontay Johnson 4 for 64. Uh, Jared Goff's numbers just keep going down from where he was a couple of years ago. 243, no touchdowns, two picks. Gurley 12 for 73. Woods, 7 for 95, Everett, 8 for 68. And then the shocker of the day in terms of efficiency was the fact that Cooper Cup did not have a single catch, which was something nobody could have predicted going into this game. Steelers' defense looks pretty good, Joe. And if they continue on this trend, it gives them an outside shot looking in to get to the playoffs. I don't see them as any kind of contender, but they've done a really good job staying in it. Yeah, they have. And uh, the Cooper Cup thing, at length, we talked about this on the DFS show on Sunday morning. And my my love for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense and basically, you know, part of it was just game plan. I said, look, how do you stop the Rams right now? It's not stopping Gurley because they don't give the Gurley necessarily enough touches for him to kill you. Plus, I don't think he's that player anymore. So you stop it by stopping Cooper Cup. If you stop Cooper Cup, everything else falls in place. And I said they have the talent right now to do that. They have the personnel to do that. And they did it now. Zero catches. I did not see coming. I can tell you that much. But I thought they if they could just stop him, they would win this football game. And then there's Todd Gurley, who kept, you know, 12 carries for Gurley. He has zero catches there. So um, so basically your best player is touching the football 12 times. And this is why you lose football games. And even if he's not to Todd Gurley of old, I kind of wonder if he's still your best player anyway, because I think Jared Goff of 2018 was propped up a fair amount. 
by how good Todd Gurley was. And I think you're all fooling yourself if you don't realize that once the ball is in Jared Goff's hand and he's the guy that has to win or lose you games, that's not the way to win football games in the NFL. When Todd Gurley was Todd Gurley, it was a W, but he's not. And now Jared Goff and all the mistakes and all the issues get exposed here. And look, uh, the Steelers did not play well in this game on offense. Let's 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 do like you, you said it at the top. It is not a good fantasy game. You had James Washington. Who nobody was started. I had a good game outside of that. Juju stunk. Samuels was disappointing. Uh, Edmonds was not existent. And Rudolph was bad and turned the football over and got sacked three times. But at the end of the day, this was about the Steelers defense and the Steelers defense showed up. And I give Mike Tomlin all the credit in the world. Tomlin, I've had a lot of issues with in the past and some of the things that he's done and some bad decisions and bad judgment calls. But right now he has redefined the role of this team and the spirit of this team. And it's in the defense. And it's great to see. And it's a different Pittsburgh Steelers defense, too. Much more athletic than they've been in quite some time. So good job by them. They're competitive. That question to you is, if 5-4, and four, are the Steelers a playoff team in your mind with the way the AFC is wide open? They could be. They could be at this point. And Minka Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden, like, they, you're right. Their defense has all of a sudden reinvented itself. And, you know, the Dolphins traded Fitzpatrick after Roethlisberger got hurt, thinking, okay, at best, what's Pittsburgh going to win? Four games, five games, six games. Now, all of a sudden, if Pittsburgh puts themselves into the playoff competition, that pick that they got, that first-round pick for Fitzpatrick, I think I'd rather have Fitzpatrick. This guy's playing out of his mind. Uh, I mean, look, I don't think he'll be defensive player of the year, but he's he's a pro bowler without a doubt. He's uh, you know, one of the best defensive backs in the NFL, I think. He's playing fantastic. So, uh, look, the Colts have to get right, and there's really only going to be one spot for those two teams. And so I think it'll come down to, uh, you know, basically Brissett's health will probably determine that final playoff spot. I think yeah. I like Indy more than Pittsburgh, but you know, that's that's where here's we're the Pittsburgh schedule going forward. They're five and four. They are at Cleveland next week. Is that a W? Why don't you give it all to me and then I'll tell you what. All I'm right. I, I, all right. So Browns at Browns at Bengals. Mm-hmm. Then they have the Browns okay. again in Pittsburgh. So. We can give them a split right, there. Two out of they three get, there. I'll give you two out of three of those three. Maybe okay, so that's seven wins. Then they go travel okay. to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Then Buffalo at home. And then at New York to play the Jets. They should win two out of those three, but that is not a guarantee. That okay, well, that puts them at nine. Much. And then week 17 is a playoff game against the Ravens then, if they're at nine wins for them. Yeah, I think, that's I think a loss. they're going to... Well, not necessarily. Ravens could have wrapped it up. I, I think that they'll go into the last game of the year needing to win to get in. That's the way that I mean, look, going to Arizona and winning is not a guarantee by any means. Like Arizona is a pretty good team, man. Like they have a good enough. Offense. Let me tell you something. Some mistakes along the way. They win both those Browns games. They're in the playoffs. I think they win those two. Or three. If they win both those games and the Bengals in the next three weeks. They can go three and oh. I don't think it matters. Why should they guarantee themselves wins over the Browns? You can't I'm not saying guarantee. That. I'm saying I'm saying if they win, I'm guaranteeing them a playoff spot. If they can win those two games, I think that's enough. Because I do think they can it may win. Be, at least but I wouldn't guarantee them wins over the Browns. Yeah, I, I no, think the Browns I mean, showed against Buffalo this week that they could still hang. Did, but they could still hang. But they are the Browns and Browns are going to Brown. You know, I mean. Let's be honest. It was still an ugly win. It wasn't like it wasn't like they came out and they put 31 and they just, you know, put a hurting on them. They didn't. It was an ugly football game and they finally got the bounces that went their way and Kareem Hunt helped. It gave them a little bit more to to worry about. That's, you know, uh, look, I, I think the Steelers are very much in it. And if they make the playoffs, Mike Tomlin deserves all the credit in the world, man. 
All right, let's uh, let's uh, dive into the injury report for this week, and then we'll come back and have a Monday night football preview. Uh, the main injuries that I see, Joe, from this is uh, Devonta Freeman, which will be the big one, of course, in fantasy. We'll see how long he's out. Maybe he won't be out. We don't know. But uh, he had a foot injury. He came out of the game, and then Brian Hill took over and did most of the carrying in that one. Uh, Ty Johnson has a concussion. I don't think Carryon Johnson's eligible to come back yet, so that would mean it's basically J.D. McKissick and what exactly? I have no idea, but McKissick, if he's still, for some reason, on the waiver wire, you got to pick him up because he's giving you like 10 points every game. He's a decent flex. Matt Stafford had a bad back. He didn't play, and so very murky with him as well. I don't know that you can go into this week assuming that he is going to play. And then Arizona lost Patrick Peterson late in the game with Tampa Bay, and as you mentioned, Joe Marshall Lattimore, left the game for the New Orleans Saints, which could be a big injury for opposing wide receivers. Did I miss anyone on this list of, of players? Anything no, it wasn't a wasn't a devastating week of injury. God knows we've had enough. I mean, you didn't put David Johnson on this list, but I think you can add him as injured <laughs> again. Whether or not he comes up in a report or not, it was not good. Freeman one is is difficult because I think you're right. Hill is definitely the guy you go and pick up regardless. And I wonder just... From the outset, with the way Freeman's been so much more involved in the passing game than rushing the football, if there's enough for both those guys to go around and if that might actually make the Falcons a more viable team, I feel like it does. So I think you pick up Hill regardless of whatever the Freeman news is because there might be enough for Hill along with Freeman and maybe a little bit different version of the Falcons going forward. And with the Detroit team, look, it lose another running back here. It's not good. Not that Ty Johnson's anything special here, but... It's not a good situation, and you have to downgrade the exterior pieces you have whenever Stafford's down on the field. Now, you hope that Stafford missing this week means he plays next week. But uh, if he does, you have to realize Stafford's, I think, the highest uh, average passing uh, yards per game this year in 2019. So from a fantasy perspective, you want Stafford on that field, especially if you're a Kenny Galladay owner as well. Hasn't been a lot you know, to be happy about. He had that big Marvin Jones game. He had some Amendola moments, but really it's been Galladay and Stafford all year. So you definitely want Stafford back on that field. Even though Galladay did have the touchdown, it was a bit of a chuck and get out of the way kind of scenario. And good job by Driscoll and good job by Galladay. But uh, of these injuries here, which one to you has the most fantasy replications there? Uh, implications, I should say. Well, you know, even if Freeman was healthy, the point that I tried to make last week and even on the show Friday was that if I am the Falcons and I'm looking at next year, why wouldn't you want to give more of an opportunity to somebody that could be in your future? And I, I don't even think that the Edo Smith injury really had a lot to do with it as far as uh, Brian Hill is concerned, because when I've seen him play, he looks a lot more explosive than Freeman. Now, the problem is, is that he's going to have a lot of carries that he's going to run right into the line and go down. And that's he is not going to break a lot of tackles like Freeman would. But if he gets in open space, he's going to score some touchdowns. So you literally could have the stat lines with Hill carry number one, two yards, carry number two, one yard, carry number three, one yard. They punt, you know, comes back, carry number four, three yards. And he's like five for seven. And then he just like busts out a 50 yarder like that could that could ha- it's probably going to have to happen for him to have a lot of fantasy value. But the thing is, is that I've watched Ty Johnson and I've watched Brian Hill. And I just there's no comparison for me. I mean, Hill is the more talented guy. And your point is also fair. They used Coleman and Freeman for a number of years. I think I think Hill is probably the best fantasy waiver wire running back pickup in weeks. Like, I think that he he I I texted somebody a few days ago before the waiver that he's like a potential league winner. I don't know if maybe that's going a little too far. 
But uh, it wouldn't shock me, Joe. Would not shock me to well, see this guy bust out. There's two injuries that you know were kind of understood coming in, but did not get better over the weekend, which was obviously the Brissett injury too, and the impact that's going to have on the Colts. And then the other one is the Sterling Shepard injury that just keeps lingering, and how that just continues to make Darius Slayton useful in fantasy. I, we we had talked about him being a a deep league ad about five six weeks ago. And now he's a 12 team. If you don't have him by now, I'm sure someone already has him. So no, yeah. that's a situation where he's just been, he's been terrific and that's dead. And I, I guess it, it makes you kind of wonder, okay, going forward. I mean, that's a guy you can probably hang your hat on even next year. There's no reason to believe he can't be a good wide receiver next year for Daniel Jones. Yeah. He's, he's come on very strong for sure. And, and yeah, I don't think he's available in any fantasy league at this point. No doubt about that. All right, we've got uh, one more segment to go here. We've got our Monday night game tonight to pick the 49ers and Seattle Seahawks, which could shape up to be a pretty good game. At least on paper, it looks like a good game. The Vegas has set that total a little bit high. So feels like uh, could some points could be scored tonight, but you never know in the NFL. We'll break that game down, give you some news and notes around baseball and uh, college football as well. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe, don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Well, look, we I, I got to say we had a very compelling game on Thursday night. We had a very compelling game on Sunday night. And the question is, Joe, if this game is good tonight, this could be the best three-game night slate that we've had all season long in football. I mean, look, I I have pooped on a lot of the night games, and for good reason. The matchups have not been great. But Thursday night was awesome. That seeing the Raiders go down and winning that thing at the end was fantastic. Last night's game, even though I was on the wrong side of it, also was a great game. The question is, Joe, do you think they got another good one in them tonight with the uh, 49ers and Seahawks? We know that the 49ers have been a juggernaut all season long. They've played as good as any team as, as they has, as any team has in the NFL. But you got Russell Wilson on the other side of this. But on the other side of Russell Wilson, like the Chiefs, Joe, I, I think you could be looking at one of the bottom five defenses in the NFL. Look what Atlanta did to them a couple of weeks ago with Matt Schaub. Can Jimmy G do the same thing tonight? I certainly think he can. Now, Kittle's health is a big problem in this game for the 49ers, obviously. No Kittle is a big blow to this offense because, really, he is their number one wide receiver, and he allows the rest of this offense to work. That includes the running game. So, in his absence, we'll see now how good Emmanuel Sanders can be. We'll probably see a little bit more Debo Samuel as well. I imagine they've had some... uh, some plays installed for him as well to get him the football. And you're going to see a lot of Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida. And that's really what they've been. They've been run the football, play defense. That's been the 49ers all year. And I don't anticipate that changing anytime soon, especially now with that injury to Kittle. 
being such a deficit for them, I would imagine we are back now where uh, you're going to move the football that way. And on the other side of this game, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Okay, Chris Carson's been terrific all year. Hey, Chris Carson, this is a really good frontier. Joey Bosa's there. There's a lot of uh, – I mean, Nick Bosa's there. There's a lot of guys here where you now have to account for uh, Russell Wilson, making sure that he gets a clean pocket, making sure that he's got time to throw the ball. It's nice to have – DK Metcalf emerge. It's nice to have Tyler Lockett having a good season, but how much time is he going to have? So this is a huge game here for both of these teams. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. And uh, I think everybody, every football fan should be. And this is the first time they're meeting this year. So they got one more together. The next one's going to be in Seattle. So we'll see even if round one should go to the 49ers. That doesn't mean the uh, Seahawks are done in terms of winning that division, there's still some time left for them to do that. So I'm going to ask you, who do you like in this game here, Craig? Oh, um, I will. Okay. So I think I lost Thursday. I think I lost Thursday. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Uh, I will take the 49ers tonight. I will take the, I will take, I'm a, not a big favorite better as, uh, as you would have seen from yesterday, <laughs> but <laughs> I will take the Ford. I will take, I am. I, what I saw, especially when Seattle played against Atlanta. I know I keep going back to that, Joe. Atlanta looked like the best offense in the NFL with a guy who had started in a game in 10 years. So I do think Jimmy G is going to carve him up, man. And I think that they're going to run the hell out of the ball. And I think that there's a chance that this goes over the 47 also. And I'm not a big over better either, but I do think that 30 points could be on deck for San Francisco tonight at home. I just don't know how many Seattle will put up. That, that would be where I'm at there. So I'll, I'll, I'll lay a that tough team and a half. Seattle's a tough team to gauge. I, I think we can all agree on that. They've run the football very well. Russell Wilson's been terrific for the most part. The defense is suspect. There's no doubt about that. So this is going to be fascinating to watch because if if they do get the pressure on Russell Wilson, I don't see how the Seahawks win this football game. I just don't. I mean, if he's on his back a lot of this game, this is that's a complete L. There's just no way around it. I, I don't know if they sack him four times in this game. I think that's an automatic L. I really do. Uh, yeah, it could be. It very well could be. Uh, I would play all my offensive players, though, tonight. I mean, there's not much of a choice, but. I, I think that uh, definitely factors into the equation. Uh, just to give you some updated odds, and by the way, we'll recap that game tomorrow, some updated odds in terms of the MVP, which just came out a few minutes ago. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the favorite at two and a half to one to win the MVP. Russell Wilson's two and a half to one. Aaron Rodgers, six to one. Watson, six to one. And then you have McCaffrey, 12 to one, Joe. So that's kind of where we stand there. Any uh, any opinion? Other yeah, than if McCaffrey had gotten that ball. Wilson, if McCaffrey had gotten that ball over the end zone in the end there, that would have helped his stock a lot in Green Bay in that game <laughs> for sure. Like that would have that would yeah. have made me feel good about that twelve to one because I still feel like there's no. I mean, I feel like it's kind of more wide open than the odds are making it because tonight, if Russell Wilson goes in there lays an egg, that knocks him down a huge peg, and I don't think that either the Patriots with Tom Brady or the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo are looking at those guys being MVP candidates at all. So that really then falls to Lamar Jackson, who people still have some issues with, and that's fine, or CMC. And I think that they are still very much both of them in this race for obviously different perspective there. One's more of the long shot, but McCaffrey's just been so good. They just need to get a couple more W's to kind of help that cause. And 
doesn't seem to be going their way right now. But I'll tell you what, man, Lamar Jackson, it's tough not to think he is he's the favorite right now after that last game. That's another huge game. So Russell Wilson's got to keep pace here tonight against a tough opponent. Yeah, he does. Um, if you want, I'm willing to make a second bet here on uh, on the show with you. I know this would go against your heart here, but I think that there is an opportunity now. I would not bet the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. I think that's going too far because then they would have to go through New England and win against the NFC, and I'm not into hedging that twice. But here, here are the teams that have better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Raiders right now. New England, Baltimore, Kansas City, Houston, Pittsburgh, Indy, and Buffalo. I think there's at least three teams, Joe, on this list that I would rather have the Raiders than, no? Yeah, well, here's the rest of the Raiders' schedule. Bengals, I think that's a W. Jets, could be a W. At the Chiefs, tough one. We talked about that earlier when we were doing the Chiefs side. Titans, Jaguars, Mm. Chargers, Broncos. Mm. Wow. There's there's some winnable football games on this. There is. And only one, two, three, four, uh, four games on the road and three at home. So, this was their little run at home the last two weeks. They have another home game against the Bengals, which will be a lock there for them. So it's definitely possible. I mean, I don't know if I can pick them to go to the Super Bowl. I think that's kind of tough because I do think when you're talking about in the playoffs, then you're talking about are they going to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs if he's there? Are they going to beat Deshaun no. Watson in the playoffs? No, they're not. Probably not. But, 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 but they're only like one or two games from that. You, look, again, you don't need in a bet like this to for them to win the AFC, you just need them to get to the AFC championship. If you bet, let's say a thousand, we, we, we would never bet a thousand, but let's just say that we bet a thousand dollars for them to win the AFC, right? At 42 mm-hmm. to one, that's a $42,000 win, Joe. If they win the AFC, you take 10 grand and you put it on new England in the, uh, in the AFC championship. <laughs> and then, and then each of us win five, each of us win five grand. At the very least, if not, we win forty two thousand dollars. Hey, it's it's no. uh, it's it's a good argument. You make a lot of logical arguments there. I wow. know. It's, think about it. It is the think Raiders. I'm not in love with the Raiders' defense. That's my only trouble. The Raiders' offense, I like. I like Jacobs. I like Waller. I like what Carr's done. They've all been very good. It's the defense that worries me. And I feel like when you get into those games, that's that's where it matters the most, and that's my biggest concern. But you know, you're making the point which is the AFC is pretty wide open. The Patriots, and you're going to have to go through yes. two games in New England. That's it. You're, and that's always difficult, too. All right. Uh, in terms of college football, uh, right now, it definitely looks like we know who the Final Four are. Uh, Alabama could certainly slip right back into this thing. But as of now, it does look like LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State are going to be among the final four. Uh, the question is, is if somehow Georgia was able to pull off a win against LSU in the SEC championship game, would that give them enough juice even after losing to South Carolina to put them into the final four? And then what would that do to LSU? Alabama, of course, is going to get their hands on another top 15 team 
probably, depending on what happens this week between Georgia and Auburn. But if Auburn beats Georgia at home, Joe, this week, that puts Auburn in the top 10. And then Alabama has a crack at another top 10 team. So they could beat them as well. Do you have interest in seeing a rematch of that game, Joe, in a month? Oh, sure. Especially a healthy Tua. Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to see a healthy Tua against LSU? I mean, I would I would watch it again. No problem. Yeah, it was a, it was a real fun football game. I'll tell you what. I thought the game was over. And then they threw that he threw that like, 75 yard touchdown pass or whatever it was when that one play out of the gate. And I said, oh, my gosh, this game's not over yet. My goodness. Um, just, yeah, it was a fun football game. And they came out early. And let's give LSU all the credit, man. Alabama, not an easy place to play. They went out there and punched them in the mouth and they. They came out there, made a statement. They won the first half of that game. And in the end, that was enough to win the entire game. If I had to ask you right now, what are the four teams in the college playoff? Your instincts, what does it tell you? Who are the four teams? I think we know it's, it's hard to go again. It is, but let, let's try to put them in order. I think that LSU is one, barring no losses. They The, the, the number one has to be undefeated. Okay, so let's start there. Uh, Ohio State still has to play Penn State, who lost to Minnesota. What a great game that was, too. Uh, and Ohio State would have to play Michigan, and they would have to play in the conference championship game as well. So, Joe, if Ohio State wins out, they're number two. Clemson, is that what you think is going to by, happen? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess I have to say yes or no. I haven't I'll watched a lot yes. of Ohio State this year, so I don't. I can't tell you they, how they look. Sure they really they are. look. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'll, I'll say they finished two. Clemson, through no fault of their own, even though they won the championship and are bringing basically like eighty percent of their team back, Joe. They're playing in a horrible conference. They just have had no competition. They play Wake Forest this week, which will be their best test, but they're they're not they don't play anybody. So because of that, that's why they're three. And then Alabama is probably four. Yeah, Alabama. They have to win out, and they don't get a crack in the SEC championship game because their season will be done. They lost to LSU. They don't get a chance to play. So then they would be the four. Yeah. And and so teams like Oregon would be on the outside looking in. Oklahoma would probably be on the outside looking in. And Penn State lost. That's it for Penn State. I think even if Penn State beats Ohio State, they're not back in. So yeah. uh, it, it, look, it looks like that's it. But stranger things have happened, and I've seen it happen. So don't be shocked by anything. But that does look like uh, that's where we're at in the Final Four. All right, uh, so that's kind of where we stand here on this show. And we got a lot more coming up on Full-Time Fantasy. They're uh, they're coming your way at 2 o'clock Eastern with all of the coaching moves and everything going on as far as injuries in the NFL. So you'll want to stay tuned for that, no doubt about that. We'll be back here tomorrow. It'll be Tuesday, so we'll recap the Monday Night Football game. You know, we normally do our Florida Man segments and some different stuff on Tuesday and Wednesday. Also, some updates in Major League Baseball we'll have tomorrow from the general manager meetings that are going on in Arizona. There should be some interesting news coming out from there. I believe the San Francisco Giants are going to name their manager tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I kind of have some insight on that as well. So we'll discuss that on tomorrow's show as well. Uh, for now, we'll take a short time out and come back with a little exit velocity. Don't go away.
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back. It's time for the two-minute warning on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia with you. We always end the show with an interesting take or a hot take of some kind, and we do it right now. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- Together. Is that going to be enough time? All right, as we end the show today, I find it interesting where I live in South Florida that the fans can't make up their mind with the Miami Dolphins. Do they want them to tank and lose every game? Now, all of a sudden, the fans are saying we don't want them to tank. We're happy they're playing well under this new coach and their new regime. I think at some point you got to make up your mind where you are as a fan. And it's okay to be enthusiastic, and it's okay to be encouraged. But I think in the end, in terms of where the Dolphins are at, what they've accomplished is shown that with a XFL roster, they've been able to rally off more wins than anybody would have thought. But now they're getting into that danger zone where just blanket saying in a vacuum that no matter how many picks we have, we'll be able to trade up. You still may be able to do that by going 2-14. and 14. Well, you go 4-12, and 12 and all of a sudden you're the 7th or 8th pick. You're going to have to jump over five or six teams to get the quarterback that you want and your quarterback of the future. So I think as a Dolphins fan, if you are one in South Florida, you should be excited with the direction that the team is headed. But you also should be a little nervous that the team is starting to win more games than they should be in a season where you need to change that franchise with one of the best quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Sean Guastamacchia for producing. For my co-host Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig Mish. Full-time fantasy is next. Hope you guys enjoy your Monday, Monday Night Football. We'll be right back here tomorrow at noon for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.